Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Are Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church, which means transformation in our lives. And uh, to continue this theme that we've been uh, kind of building on the last couple of weeks, I'm here with my good friend, dear sister, Mary Guilfoyle. How you doing? Hey, Father. I'm great. I don't know about you, but I... Uh, I'm so glad I'm going to confession later this afternoon because building this podcast has been convicting as all get out. I just told you as I'm looking at uh, all that we want to talk about today, um, yeah, I think it's time for me to go to the sacrament as well. So convicting and and so... Um, time to go to the box. So our topic today, everybody, is um, don't shadow box. Oh, I love that. This is going to be fun to unpack. Don't shadow yeah. box. So before we dive into that, how about you pray us in, Padre? All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, good and gracious Father, we thank you for these uh, days that we're in, this time in the church where we're uh, celebrating so many things. Pentecost is uh, still uh, in the near rearview mirror. Uh, the great celebration of Corpus Christi uh, just this past weekend, and now these wonderful feasts coming up with the Sacred Heart of your Son uh, and the Immaculate Heart of his Mother. Lord, we pray that by the power of your Spirit, who's the only one who can make this happen, that you would help us to become more like your Son, so that uh, not only might we grow in unity with him and through him with you, but that we might be ever more credible, authentic, and joyful witnesses of the difference that Jesus makes. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, maybe we just set up a context real quick, Mary. So we, um, as I just mentioned in prayer, right, we have kind of four big feasts or solemnities that right. have been going on uh, liturgically in the church. We Not too long ago, we had uh, the great celebration of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit. Um, then we're just coming off this weekend, the Feast of Corpus Christi, the, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus that we're nourished with uh, every week or every day uh, for many of us uh, in the Blessed Sacrament. And then this coming Friday is going to be the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And Saturday, will be the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Two of my favorite feasts. Yeah, they are. They're, yeah. uh, they're tremendous things. But I, So here's the thought. How do we maintain, um, how, how do we get to the heart of what it is that the church is trying to teach us, and not just teach us, but have happen within us as we celebrate these things so that they don't just become like either standalone or mere pious devotions, right? So they're supposed to bring the podcast is about transformation, these things are supposed to facilitate, accelerate, bring about transformation in our lives, mindful that the only way I can really get transformed is not by trying harder. It's the um, power it's, of grace. Yeah, it's by Holy letting Spirit. the Holy Spirit just right. go to work within my life, right. which, of course, I have to cooperate with, but uh, it's not all on me, thanks be to God. So, yeah, that's kind of the the, the setup, right, for what we want to try to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, our hearts are constantly in need of conversion. My heart is daily in need of conversion. And so to be Catholic is to have access to these incredible feast days. And sometimes, as we've talked about in past conversations, um, we can we can look at these feast days as somewhat rather routine. It, it, it's, it's something that's printed on our Magnificat page. Like, right. oh, today's the feast day of X. But am I really pressing in to that and inviting the Spirit to change me? 
Yeah, so maybe two real tangible things, one for Corpus Christi and then one for the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So the, the tangible one for Corpus Christi, um, you know, we, we say all the time, well, you are what you eat. You know, look at somebody, you can tell, like, what they eat usually. Not Quit always, looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> not always, right? Like, you eat a lot of M&Ms, and I like M&Ms, you you're going to like an M&M, M&M right? <laughs> well, so think about that for the Eucharist. If we become what we eat, mm-hmm. if we're regularly feeding on the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus— I should be looking more like him. Here's first convicting moment. Uh, not sure that's always the truth, right? So we're, we, I think we mentioned this last week, this line that Jesus said to St. Augustine as Augustine was going through his conversion or beginning his conversion. And he says, don't think that you're going to change me into you. I'm going to change you into me. And so when we come forward for the Eucharist, I'm supposed to be thinking about, okay, I'm about to place the Lord into my body mm-hmm. and he wants to go to work, right? He wants mm-hmm. to transform me as opposed to just, you know, come forward without a whole lot of thought. So that's that's a first kind of practical way to think about these celebrations. And then the second one I was sharing with you earlier uh, this morning, this this feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So I had this image this morning as I was praying, and I was just seeing like the Lord on a mirror, mm-hmm. if you will. So I'm seeing him and his heart. I pray in front of the statue of the Sacred Heart every morning. It's kind of where I begin my prayer. And I just put my hand on his heart. And I just say, Lord, I need your heart. Like I need your mind. I need your heart. I need your will. I need your intellect. I need your memory. I need everything. But the image that I had when I was praying this morning was, I saw the Lord looking back at me. So I saw Jesus looking into a mirror Mm. and it was me. And last week we asked the question, what would Paul say to us if he was writing to our communities or us as individuals? So this morning I just had like, what would Jesus say to me? Like as he looks at my heart, mindful that my heart's supposed to be growing in conformity to his, what would he say to me? Second convicting moments, thus the running to confession later, right? Right. Right, so that conjures up all kinds of um, things for all of us to to take to prayer because he, he's indwelling within us. Like, like he sees us every single day. There's no hiding from him. At some point, that which is in my heart has to be dealt with. And it's just not realistic to think he doesn't see me right where I am. So, Father, thanks for sharing that. That's so beautiful. That just uh, is just something great to pray with. And just in thinking about um, the great solemnity that we just celebrated, um, Pentecost. Um, At Pentecost, I mean, we are given, we're given the power of the Holy Spirit. And then there's fruits Hmm. of the Spirit that come uh, to us. And so I was, uh, or are supposed to come or supposed, or we have access to. Mm. So again, back to our good brother, Paul, when he's writing to the church in Galatia, he talks about, he says that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as you can hear, I mean, father, I started to read that really fast. And then you just go, Oh my gosh, like, I'm not sure kind of how I'm measuring up right now. And uh, and this isn't like a list that you can read or pray with and go through it really fast and go, okay, I'm good. I'm patient. 
No. I don't have any of the other no, ones, but at least I'm patient. Yeah, I'm supposed <laughs> to have all of these. Right. And that's just a really tall order. And again, it's, it, it's only by God's grace that we can access what it is the Spirit wants to give us. Yeah, right? this was one of the first passages I think I memorized when I was young. And, uh, and sometimes I would replace the fruit of the Spirit with John. So like John <laughs> is <laughs> love, yeah. joy, peace. And then sooner or later you just go, why am I bothering? Like, I don't know that I'm any of these, but I'm supposed to be, like you just mentioned, all of these, right? I mean, these are supposed to, it's not a, I got a couple. All of these are supposed to be happening in us, thus the desire to run to confession later on, right? Blessed be God for the sacrament. Yeah, and and I'm not sure about you, but what what particularly strikes me right now uh, in the list that Paul gives there in Galatians are the fruits of kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And, and I, I would suppose patience, too. Because they don't, they don't seem to be all that prevalent right now. At least not in the, not in the culture. And I, I would, not in the culture and not in the church. Yeah, they're and, not. And they're not in me. I don't expect them to be in the culture. We're supposed to expect them to be in the church. We should demand them of one another. And they're often just like glaringly lacking in, in, in me, not like in y'all, in me, mm-hmm. right? And so again, we're talking about transformation, mm-hmm. what God wants to do in our lives, all for the purpose of trying to draw people into fellowship with him because maybe you've heard um, there's no hope for the world apart right. from Jesus because only Jesus has destroyed the power of sin and death and everybody's going to die. And so I need someone to handle death and to do something about it. And so we're never going to attract people to the Lord if these things, these fruits, aren't manifest aren't animating in animating our lives. Right. You know, Father John, I think too, um, at least given the tenor of the conversation in the, in the world and the church, um, it's easy to give ourselves a pass. You know, we talk about... We talk about how holiness can be contagious, where we can have a holy envy, uh, where when we're mm. really encouraged or inspired by our brother or sister in the Lord, he's just living the Christian life so beautifully. I think sometimes, too, just as that's contagious, on the opposite end of the spectrum, some of this, uh, the, the past that we give ourselves, the lack of discipline with our tongue and, and the way we behave and speak, I think, we, I think that, unfortunately, can be contagious, too. Oh, totally. In fact, I was just listening to a uh, an interview on the way down to the to the office this morning with uh, a guy who used to be an ESPN um, commentator, uh, retired basketball coach, and uh, he was talking about some encounters he's had with God lately. And one of the decisions that he's made from some of the encounters are he's given up Twitter mm. for the year. And so the guy who was interviewing him just said, mm. "So this guy used to live on Twitter," and he said, "So how's that going for you?" And he says. Oh my gosh, it's just changed my whole life. Like I just, I never have my phone with me anymore, which means I'm not engaging with people in the often combative, often almost always combative, volatile way that people are interacting today. On social media. You were thinking uh, when you when you just talking a moment ago, it made me think. So here we are. We're living in this context where we're kind of immersed in a culture which is like that. It's it's combative. It's volatile, it's rude. Well, what was the culture like that Paul was living in? It was it was just like that, right? And it was worse in many ways. Thus um, the word he gave them to yeah, the church. Yeah, and it makes me think of, uh, of, of a passage like First uh, Peter chapter 3, where Peter says, uh, in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord. 
or Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Many of us know that that part of the passage. Like, always be ready to give an explanation for the hope that you have. But maybe we don't understand uh, the, the, the context behind yeah, that, right? Or the line that comes right. after it, right? So Peter goes on to say what? Do it with gentleness and respect. That's the money line. Yeah, and like, okay, so let's think again. Where's Peter living? First century Roman Empire. The attitude of the pagans towards him and towards the other disciples, right, is uh, harsh would be putting Mm. it kindly. Hostile, (laughs) right? Yeah, I mean, uh, not infrequently violent. Uh, This is a man Mm. who's going to be crucified upside down. And yet his exhortation and his command to the disciples that he's mentoring, right, are... When you speak about the faith, do it gently. Now, that doesn't mean, um, like, you can't speak frankly or you can't speak directly. This doesn't mean, like, be sappy. It doesn't mean or, roll over, Yeah, right? not at all. I mean, Peter didn't roll over. Paul certainly right. didn't roll over. Right. But we have to give an explanation of the faith. We have to enter into dialogue with people, including and especially the people who are violent and harsh okay. in it in a way that Jesus would. And dialogue, Father John, is different than debate because I think sometimes, and not, the, and not that debate's not a great thing too, um, but there's something about in us, I think, especially as the conversations in the, in, in the church and the world and the culture um, can be uh, as high as they are, you know, so inflammatory. Sometimes I think the desire is to win the argument mm rather than to win the person. Right. And I think if we go into some of these conversations, in fact, it's almost striking as their tone goes up, right. whoever that other person might be, and ours is dropped a little bit. Right. That's kind of compelling. Like, oh my gosh, they've just lost, lost their tone. Like we don't have to get emotive to speak in truth. Right, it makes me immediately think of a line I heard John Paul say once where he says, um, truth never has to yell. Oh my gosh, that's glorious. I've never heard that before. It's a spectacular that's beautiful. line. Truth never has to yell. Mm, boy, how true that is. And, and in fact, it's a, really, uh, it's a really practical way of engaging in often um, heated dialogue when someone begins to yell or to raise their voice to lower Very intentionally. Yeah. And to start speaking slower because it just calms things mm-hmm. down, right? Okay. Yeah, okay, so... So this is beautiful. So we're talking about, you know, the spirit wants to work in our lives and I'm supposed to be coming what I eat. And, and you know, I'm not supposed to build a ghetto or, or build a wall around the church. We, we, uh, we were just talking to an archbishop lately and he says, you know, it seems to me there's, there's three choices for a Christian right now. We can either build a, a wall around our churches and just like say the hell with the world, let them just fall apart. And we can capitulate and just give in on all these, you know, heated topics or we can engage. And he says, there's only one choice. It's to engage, you have right? have to, right. But there's but, a way to do it. Yeah, and, but if we're going to engage, then then sooner or later, it means our hearts have got to get dealt with. So that, that kind of brings me back to the Galatians passage, fruits of the spirit. Here's the, here's the key, right? You don't get instant fruit. No. It, ta- uh, it takes very intentional, intentional cultivating. Yeah, it takes time, right? right? Yeah. I mean, fruit comes from planting, pruning, tilling the soil, cutting weeds away. And, and that's supposed to give me an, an understanding of 
what's supposed to be going on in my life. And this brings us to the title and the topic of the podcast episode, Don't Shadow Box. Yeah. And so all of that you've just talked about requires grace, the Holy Spirit, and then our own our, our own discipline. And so um, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 25 through 27, he love says this. this. I love it too. It says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They did it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. And here's this great line, but I pummel my body and I subdue it, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Yeah, so just an amazing passage, right? So to be an athlete, literally, is to be someone who competes for a crown. So we would always say to the kids uh, in parish ministry, you know, like every person is an athlete. The, The greatest athlete of all time is Jesus. Jesus Christ. Because he competed for the crown. He defeated, he went to battle against sin, death, Satan, and he won. Like he really won, mm. right? So I'm really impressed that you can dunk your 6'6". Six, six. Jesus took on death <laughs> and he won. Let's talk about who's the real athlete, right? That's Stop right. beating your chest who's for crying victor? out loud. Right. So, and now he <laughs> calls us. Who's got the us, biggest trophy? <laughs> yeah, right. Here's, I win. So now he's calling us in this uh, game, if you will, that is life to be athletes and to compete for the crown. The crown of what? The crown of victory, right? Mm. Which he wants to give to every one of us. It's a gift, So it's it's sheer grace, but it has to be cooperated with. It has to be received, and I can reject it. So Paul's drawing on athletic imagery here, and he does it oftentimes in his writings. And so, you know, okay, great. We got all these. Look at our culture right now, so enamored with sports. All these people who, who do what they do, whether it's in baseball or football or basketball or hockey or running or whatever it might be, right? You were a gymnast. So they're, they're, they put their bodies through so much self-discipline mm-hmm. for an incredibly short span of mm-hmm. time. Something that passes. Yeah, I mean, like, you're, you're going to be an, a great athlete for, like, a, a really few years. Binky time. Yeah. You know, you know, the average life expectancy of somebody even makes it to the NFL in terms of a career is so abysmally short, and you put all that work into it. Paul's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But use that as a way to understand, if you did that for that little amount of time... Mm-hmm. What kind of time should we be spending for preparing ourselves for where we're going to spend eternity? Amen. Right? Amen. And so comes this image of the translation we just read was, I don't box as one beating the air. But there's another translation where it says, I don't shadow box. Mm. I, I am going to work on my body with the grace of the Holy Spirit active within me. So I'm, in other words, I'm like surrendering to the Lord, letting him have his way with me. Um, That's what Paul's saying here, right? Right. So this is supposed to be happening in in us as we feed on the Eucharist every day. Like we're supposed to be letting the Lord like box with us, spar with us, like work out those areas in our hearts or our minds or our speech or whatever it might be that aren't in conformity with his heart. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, totally. You know, as um, as we've been praying through what we wanted to talk about, uh, the question was on my mind is like, like what do I need to pummel in my body? Mm. Or 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 and of course, as you said, if we don't do this on our own, um, on our own power. Where does the Holy Spirit? Where's the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now about those areas of my life, your life, our life, 
that need that discipline, that need that need that 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 control. And often, like you said, it's our speech, it's our tongue, it's our attitudes, it's our thoughts, because everything flows from the heart. We were talking about transformation earlier. That's where transformation begins. Right. right. I'm, I'm, so as you're saying that, I'm almost thinking of uh, like entering into a ring with Jesus, and he wants mm-hmm. to spar. Oh. You know, but what he does mm. is he he hits very intentionally all those areas mm-hmm. in my body, if you will, that he wants to identify. You know, he's just like boom, quick little jab, like didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, we got to work on that. You know, That's it's right. a little flabby there. We're going after that. That's right. And, and so for me, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I celebrated my 25th anniversary as a priest, and uh, I just spent a lot of time looking back on my life. Uh, so far and giving thanks to God for so many different things. And I I say to people, you know, it's like 25 years of God's ridiculous mercy. Um, But one of the things that I'm, I'm grateful for is the fact that for 25 years, every day I've been able to celebrate mass and oftentimes many times a day. And yet in the midst of the, the gratitude for that is an immense sense of shame and sorrow that despite all of the access that I have to God, I'm still so far from resembling him, mm. like in countless ways, right? Oh, Father John, that's all of us. You know, we who have been given much, yeah, much is expected. For you. I can we speak just speak for me. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, but clearly, I think all of us can say that as well. I mean, given everything that we have access to, I think we would all say we, we so want to be farther along. Yeah. So as to be pleasing to the Lord for his glory. Yeah, amen. Right? And to be clear, right, uh, thanks be to God, God doesn't condemn. So please don't take any of that. If, if, if you're hearing any condemnation, um, if somehow the enemy has taken some of this conversation to, to condemn you, rebuke that. But he does convict, right? And so mm-hmm. I think here's what we would encourage us really to focus on this week so that the feasts that we just celebrated and the ones that are coming up might be um, might be a little bit more concentrated in our prayer, right? So how about this? How about let's be more intentional than we ever have this week as we draw near to Jesus in the Eucharist. And as we go forward to receive him, let's just ask him to go to work on us. Like let's enter into the ring. Let's spar with him or let's let him spar with us. Let's ask him to give us, I often think of this, a blood transfusion, Right. So I'm about to receive his body and blood into my body. So like, ask him to replace everything in us that's out of control, that's unkind, that's harsh with his blood, which is controlled and gentle and kind. Let's, let's ask him as we go forward to give us a heart transplant, right? So replacing our stony hearts with his sacred heart, and as we look forward to the the great celebration of the Immaculate Heart of his mother, let's ask her to intercede for us that we might become more and more configured to her son. In the meantime, mindful that the Lord has us very firmly in his hands, that he's he never abandons us, he never gives up on us, he never turns away, he's never repulsed, he's never disgusted with us, he's always just wanting to work on us so that we can be somehow, broken as we are, agents whereby other people might get rescued even as we are and have been. So mindful of all that. Do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this.